Love at Ramsey Solutions. Broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios, this is The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. That's right. I'm George Campbell. She's Rachel Cruz, and we are taking your calls this hour. The number is 888-825-5225. And we wanted to have some fun, Rachel, and so we thought we'd call out for stories from you, our listeners, on some of the stupid tax that you've paid in your life. The dumb money mistakes that you regret, you laugh about it, we learn from it, We've we all never done make it. it again. We've all been there. We've one, all been there. George, one, give me yours. Uh, well, What's the stupidest thing you've ever done with money? This is the most embarrassing. <laughs> I'm going to go first and be vulnerable, okay? Be brave. I once shipped a pair of shoes that I was selling on Craigslist to Nigeria. And I fell for a scam. This now, this wasn't one of those like Nigerian print scams where I thought I was getting a million dollars. A guy wanted to buy oh, the shoes. Say, did you get a forwarded email? Forward, forward, no, forward he email. reached out and he was like, "Hey, I'm buying these for my cousin who lives in Nigeria." I was like, "Okay, it's plausible that people have cousins in Nigeria, right?" So you, so he was like, "I'll pay you extra to ship these." Yeah. And so I get an email from PayPal that has like an extra fifty bucks or whatever. Yeah. And so I went cool. And so I went ahead and shipped the shoes. I later went back to the email on my phone click through the email address and it was like a garbled spam email and then i was like oh no so i went to my paypal account there was no money in the paypal account they had spoofed the paypal email so well no. that i thought that they had paid me and so i just went ahead and shipped it oh george fun fact about six months later i got a return to sender shoes showed up back at my door no way i guess the address was bad so redemption I only lost on the shipping cost, you essentially. Got back. That's so good. But that's one of the stupidest things I did. Probably about 15, 16 years, years old. ago. pair of Air Force Ones or something. Speaking of shoes, I uh, I spent, I'm trying to think of how much money. It was on Tory Burch Flats. Millions. But I, it was a website that somehow I found. Like a that sketchy was site. On sale. These shoes were on sale. So I spent a few, I mean, I think I spent. A couple hundred bucks. Was it like because cool I was like, oh, I can get a hundred off. Net. I can get a hundred. Yeah, I mean, I can get a hundred bucks off, and I got that package, and I remember opening and just the smell of it. I remember being like, oh, that that doesn't that doesn't smell like Tory Burch. <laughs> Did they like, look like Tory Burch? No. Uh, I mean, they had the fake logo, but they were like hard. I mean, it, they were it was terrible. It was oh. terrible. So I felt for that. I don't wow. know. Well, we've all been. What's there. our shoe game? Yeah. But anyways, if you have something we, even better, I'm sure you guys the do for sure. The funnier, the better. The, funnier, the more the embarrassing, better. the better. Just, yeah. Be Tell brave. us. We just want to have fun with it. So give us a call at 888 and tell us your stupid well, there, There's a lot story. of shame that comes along with money mistakes. And one of the reasons we did our new podcast, Smart Money Happy Hour, was because we didn't want money to be this like shameful, baggage-ridden thing. We wanted it to be fun, and so we wanted to create a casual environment to talk about money with no shame, no no regrets, as we talk about in the podcast. I taught you what that was. So there we go. I still don't quite get so it, but... call us fine. up, 888-825-5225. We'll open up some lines for you all to share your stupid tax stories. That's right. All right. We're going to go to the phones and Clayton in Green Bay is up first. Hey, Clayton. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you too. Uh, show is awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. How can we help? I understand the seven baby steps. Uh, I'm older. I've been taught my whole life to give 10% to church first. Does the Ramsey plan suggest you stop doing this and apply that to debt? Obviously, when debt is taken care of, the, the last one is to do uh, to donate. So I don't know if we should stop giving that 10% to church first and apply that to debt. 
Yeah, it's a great question, Clayton. Um, the answer is no. We teach giving at least 10% regardless of where you are financially. So even if you're saving up for your first $1,000 emergency fund on baby step one, when you click through even to our budget every dollar, you'll see a mock budget and giving is still at the top line regardless of where you are. So we believe in that generosity message um, no matter what. So no, the 10% is still something that we would recommend. But we would also say too, you know, some people go above and beyond even that which again if that's your conviction and that's where you want to go like we're not going to say not to but also when you give let's just say half of your income away we've talked to some people and they're like i just give half my paycheck away but i still have credit card debt and student loans you know you can make a bigger impact with your money when it's not being sent to the bank and to your student loan and to your car loan and so there is something powerful about putting as much money as you can towards getting out of debt because that's going to free up your income to give even more. But that's more for people that are giving, you know, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40% of their income, no matter what they're doing. Uh, and they're getting behind on their bills. So we, we still recommend giving 10% and then uh, you can start to be more and more generous as you become debt-free and have an emergency fund. Yeah, and Rachel, one of my favorite quotes from you is give a little until you can give a lot. That's and right. so it's okay if you can only do 10%, but the Bible's pretty clear on this. If you're a person of faith, if you're a believer, uh, I just spoke at a, a church on this topic. So I've got the verses up, Proverbs 3, 9, 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. And Malachi talks about that again, of how the, they'll open the floodgates of heaven. And God mm-hmm. says, test me in this, which is the only time in Scripture you'll find that. Yeah, Test me in this with tithing. Yeah. And so he wants us to test, to trust, to obey, and blessings are on the other side of that. That's so. right. How does that sound, Clayton? Well, sounds great. That's what I was hoping you were going to tell me, to be honest with you, because uh, I firmly believe in that. And I was hoping that, yes, keep the 10% and then funnel everything else you can to your debt, and then you'll be able to give more when you get done with the seven steps. So I really appreciate your answer. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great question. Thanks for calling. Yeah, it is. And this generosity piece, I mean, it is, it's, um, it's a piece that a lot of people in the financial world, they don't talk about. But we say on the Rams show all the time that money is so much more than just the numbers in your bank account. On paper, it doesn't make sense, Rachel. Right. Why would you tell me to get out of debt but then still give 10% when I could use that towards my debt? You're telling me to be gazelle intense. Right. But the issue with that is, as believers, we know that we're stewards. We're meant to manage this money uh, on on behalf of God. And so I'm going, God's given me this money to manage, and I want a reminder at the top of my budget to remind me of why I'm doing this, mm-hmm. of whose money this is. And so that's why I love giving coming out first. And even if you're not a person of faith, you know, they're regardless of what faith walk you you follow, uh, I would I would argue too that giving, no matter what, is forcing your hand to be open and to let some go out. And that naturally is gonna cause you to be less selfish and more selfless. And I just believe selfless people have a more joyful life. Oh, yeah. You know, I think when it's not all about you, and that's our world right now. I mean, you go on social media, you look around, I mean, it's all about me, 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 me. And when you just have this part of your financial plan with your with your hand open and just saying, hey, I'm going to give some, there is joy when life isn't all about you. Oh, yeah. I think you're a better parent. I think you're a better spouse. I think you're a better team member, a better friend, a better sibling. I mean, all of it. And the, it's contagious. The selflessness that comes from that is really big. And again, you're not going to see that on paper, but something does to your character when you live with that open hand. So giving always. Thanks, Clayton, for the call.
of the show, we did something a little different, and we asked you guys to call in uh, and tell us your story of something stupid you've done with money. We call it stupid tax around here. When you made a mistake and you thought, oh, that was stupid. Shouldn't have done that. We've all done it, right? We've And so some stories are great, better than others, but we asked to hear yours. And so we got a call in, George. Dylan. Dylan here from Terre Haute, who's going to be letting us know about his story. Thanks his for being brave, Stupid Dylan. tax story, Dylan. Thanks <laughs> for being the first one up. Well, thank, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, this was... Uh, this was back, um, let's say I was 17 years old and uh, driving in my truck with um, a couple of my buddies and I had just got my first paycheck and didn't have any any bills or anything uh, like that to pay for. So money really didn't have any uh, substance to me, I sure. guess. And... Um, I, but what did have good substance to me was my upbringing of um, giving to people in need. And um, one day we were getting off on an off-ramp, and I had my whole paycheck with me in cash. And I feel so strongly for helping or wanting to help people mm. that... Um, I always hate seeing, um, people on the side of the road, you know, begging for money and stuff like that. Well, I seen a fella that was, uh, you know, had a sign and all that good stuff. Well, um, I gave him my whole paycheck that I worked for and it was my first, my first paycheck and um, we, me and my buddies, we ended up going get some dinner and we came back and went up the other, um, the on ramp to get back on the interstate to go home. And we seen that guy, uh, getting into a really nice SUV. Oh no. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so this was and, like a scam artist. Yes. And unfortunately for me, I still will say a prayer for everybody who is in need, but that is on the side of the road like that. But as a lesson and a very hard, hard lesson learned for me, um, I do not give to anybody who is on the side of the road, especially nowadays when you can just turn your head and see, you know, help one of signs anywhere. Wow. You know? Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. that's brutal. Man. How old are you now, Dylan? I am 30 years old. So this is 13 years ago, and it still haunts you to this day. <laughs> well, wow. it's, it's your stupid tax story, though. It, it was out of just the heart of generosity. George I and I wanted nice shoes, basically. Is yeah, what this is a very that. different <laughs> motive. Dylan's a your salt of the earth guy. Your motivation was so good, but that's a good lesson, though. And I've heard, yes. How much was stories. that paycheck, Dylan? Um, it was about $275. Oh, man. Wow. And till this day, whenever I take my kids out to uh, go out to dinner or something like that. Um, you buy they food or you buy something. The side of the road, yep. I tell them, because they, they ask me, can we give them a little bit of money or something like that? I said, no, we can't. But what we can do, we can pray for them that they have a, a better life or that, you know, 
you know, God could give them the willpower to help better their lives yeah. for themselves. For wow. sure. Well, thanks so much uh, Dylan, for sharing, Dylan. Thanks for calling in. That's wow. that's a heartbreak though, because you, especially when it's the motive of I'm going to help someone, and then man, take off on, in a that'll burn in a suburban. You know, <laughs> you like that's that a, is a worry. A Whenever nice. you see folks on the road, well, that's a good discussion. You I hear mean, about these scams just like you. Described. I know, I know, and that's what's so hard. And and I always kind of balance it with like you know. Obviously, if you feel this conviction to give in that moment, you know, I'm not going to be able to tell you that God's not going to use that, but also to be wise about it, right? Is it is it food that they need? Is it bottles of water? Is it like, what are things that you can give in those moments? Not just cash, because at that point you have no clue what's going to happen there. Or do you give to organizations? You know, like the National Rescue um, oh, mission yeah. is one of my favorites. They do um, great work. They do incredible work, right? And so kind of plugging in, we were just talking about generosity in the last segment, so that's kind of even bleeds over to it. But uh, yeah, Dylan, that hurts. Yeah. Hey. I always try to do the water bottle that? on a hot day here in Tennessee. No, even if they're a scam artist, it's 100 degrees and they're just standing out there. So Anyone I, can take know. a bottle. Yeah, Ooh. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Dylan. And you guys, if you have a, a story of some lessons learned with money we'd love to hear all right up next we have justin in dallas hey justin welcome to the show hey there can you guys hear me all right yeah yeah a little bit a little bit my little noisy i think we got it is this better no that's even worse somehow oh there we go okay we got somewhere (laughs) sorry um all right i'm really looking for some kind of encouragement guys uh I have gone through the, the beginnings of the baby steps before I went through baby step one. I was like halfway through baby step two and then, uh, and then a whole bunch of stuff happened. I lost my job. Uh, and then I sat around feeling sorry for myself and didn't work as hard as I probably should have and ended up taking out a paid loan. And now I feel like I'm more in the hole than I ever have been yeah. before. And yeah, and I'm just, every time I see, I watch your guys' show, like, every day, it's so inspiring. Mm. Um, I see the debt-free screams people do, and I know I want that for my life. And I just don't know, I, I don't believe that I can do it, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Justin, it, there is hope for you yet, my brother. I know... When life punches you in the face that many times, you just feel like, well, I guess this plan isn't for me. It's for other people. It's for people with less problems and more money. But I'm telling you, man, this plan, this plan was especially made for people like you. And so there is hope. And if there's any resources we can send your way, if there's any cheerleading we can do for you to tell you that you can do this, we are here for you today. Yeah, and Justin, I think one of the the biggest things in your situation is I feel like even you you know, mentioning the payday loan and, oh, I was that and I felt sorry for myself. You know, the even the wording, the verbiage you were using in the call, it feels like you have a lot of shame around this topic, which is very normal. Money is like this thing that just stares at us right in the face. And it is so easy to get in the cycle of shame and sitting in your regrets. But Justin, that's in the past. Those things, yes, you're going to have to face in order to move forward. But that does not have to determine what you're going to choose today. And that's the beautiful thing. We all, all of us get to wake up every morning and decide, okay, what decisions am I going to make today? And we can either make decisions that end up harming us in the future or that help us in the future. And everyone's story looks different, Justin. So your story is going to look different than another debt-free scream call on here or another call we take later in the show because depending upon 
you know, even your mindset, right? And, and, and what has been spoken into you throughout your life, what you believe about yourself to the actual numbers and the debt levels and the income levels. I mean, all of it's going to look different, but we are all, we are all people and we all get to make decisions. And Justin, I believe that you can, because we have seen it all, Justin. We have seen every story imaginable on the show. And so I would love to see real quick before we, we gotta, we gotta have, we have a heart out here in a few minutes, in a few seconds, but um, we want to be able to give you Financial Peace University. So Jenna's going to pick up and watch these nine lessons, Justin. Okay. And listen, it's not going to be perfect. Okay. You're not going to be perfect with it. It's not going to be like, oh, one day I'm going to watch these videos and no life's going to happen and I'm going to make every right decision. Yes, your trajectory hopefully is going up, but it's going to go a little bit down, up, down, up. up. I mean, you're going to feel it, right? It's not going to be the straight line going forward, but the decisions you make going forward are going to be so important but it's going to be okay because you've got this you can do this and justin join a local class i want you in a community of people who are cheering you on because i can't be there in dallas texas to do it for you so join a local class when we sign you up for fpu and i want to see you on this stage and i'm going to remember justin from dallas who thought he couldn't and you're going to inspire so many people who feel exactly the way you do right now i can't wait to see what the future holds for you brother thanks for calling Question from blinds.com. Blinds.com 100% satisfaction guarantee means even if you mismeasure or pick the wrong color, they will remake your blinds for free. You get free samples, free shipping, and with the new promo codes that run every month, you'll save even more. Use promo code RAMSEY to get the best deal. Today's question comes from Rhonda in Idaho. I followed the baby steps so that I have no debt in a three month emergency fund. However, I'm saving for a house currently renting, and only have $10,000 saved. Saving a 20% down payment seems so unattainable when putting 15% toward retirement. Can any of the 15% be used to fund a down payment since a house is an investment? It's a great question, Rhonda. And what you're talking about is baby step 3B. So once you're out of debt with the fully funded emergency fund, 3B is saving up for a down payment. Now, 3B and 4, which is investing 15% to retirement, they can be a little squishy. And so it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure depending on your age, your goals. And so we don't know Rhonda's age. We don't know if she's 55 or 25. But you can split the difference and go, hey, I'm going to invest up to the employer match in my 401k, and the rest is going to go towards aggressively saving for the down payment. Some people pause investing entirely, which is okay for a season. I would not go more than about two years or so pausing investing to aggressively save up for the down payment. And I would say too, Rhonda, 20% is ideal because you avoid PMI. But even if you're a first-time home buyer, I mean, 5-10% down payment could work as well. So you could even shift that 20% down if you wanted to, to get in faster. Uh, but again, you'd save a lot of money if you hit that 20%. So it's a great question. And I don't know what home prices are in Idaho, but I feel like they'd be more reasonable than in That's some true. other parts of the you know, country. <laughs> you would think, right? You would think. You would now, think. Now, maybe it's if it's in... 
um, I don't know. Where? What's the biggest city in Idaho? Do you know? Boise. Is that right? I don't know. What do we think? I was hoping for James to be our like Jeopardy guy, but he's he's nowhere to be found. It's fine. Boise, Idaho. I'm going sure. for it. Sure. I'm going to say it. Okay. We're going to the phones this hour. 888-825-5225. And up next is Jackson in Wichita, Kansas. Hey, Jackson. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for taking my call. Absolutely. How can we help? Uh, well, I just want to start off by saying I've only been uh, part of the Ramsey um, podcast. or I, I've only started listening for about a week. So I'm brand new. Oh, nice. Well, welcome. A whole lot of everything. Welcome to this Thank crazy you. crew that you've joined. <laughs> it is it is crazy. Um, and I just, my question, it's not really, it's a question, but not really, but my, me and my wife just kind of feel stuck right now. Um, and I'll give you some context. Uh, about in May, we bought a house in Kansas. We moved from Nebraska around the Lincoln area and we decided to go buy a house um, uh, fresh out of an apartment Um, and we made it down here and we just, we don't really, it's not what we imagined. Uh, you know, I, I'd say that it's not really what we thought it was going to be like. And now we're, we're in debt. Uh, and my question, I have a couple questions, kind of what we should do is should we sell the house, move back to Nebraska because we have family there and we, we love our family and we miss them most of all. And that's kind of what we, what we are striving to get back to is our family. Uh, we're, we're really close to both of our families. Um, or we're trying to figure out if we should stay here for two years to not have to pay that, um, that tax for not living in a house for two years mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. Um, or to throw all of our money at our debt and stay here for two years or just turn up the tables, go back to Nebraska, use our profit from the house to, to, pay off all of our debt or I don't, I don't really know what to do. Okay. So I may have missed at the beginning of your call, but what caused you guys to go to Wichita in the first place? Well, it's Southeast Kansas, not really Wichita. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Okay. But it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it's Southeast Kansas. We have friends down here. I've known them for about 10 years. We were looking at buying a house. We really wanted to buy one. Um, if I would have found you guys sooner, I would have realized, Hey, this is way too soon. <laughs> we don't, we're not ready for this, but we found a place out in the country that was, um, underpriced basically is 15 acres and it was underpriced and we decided hey we have friends in that area let's do this and we bought this house down here so you moved truly just for the house yeah yeah okay and how far (laughs) are you guys from family now like five hours oh wow so y'all like y'all just are your jobs like local in kansas Yes, that we we got jobs. She works at a bank, and I work at a an aircraft manufacturing okay. plant. Yeah, and you're just like this is not, this wasn't as as exciting and adventurous as it sounded at the beginning. Yeah. Now reality has set in, and you're thinking, wow, this isn't this isn't fun. <laughs> now, yeah. how how much equity do you have, and how much debt do you have? Um, we well, we bought the house for two twenty five. Um, it was a five percent down payment, so there's two twelve left. And according to Zillow, I haven't had it appraised or anything, but according to Zillow and the houses around this area, it's worth about two sixty. So before the real estate agent like percentage and the taxes, I'd it'd be like about fifty thousand in the house. Okay. Okay. So you might walk away with closer to thirty on this. Yeah. Five. Okay. And then how much debt do you have? I I calculated it uh, today. It's about twenty one thousand. Okay. Now you would go back to Nebraska and rent for a while? Absolutely. Okay. 
I mean, it sounds like a good plan. You don't have to move back to Nebraska to get out of debt. And so I would only do right. it if there's a lot of other reasons to do this. And it sounds like that reason is we don't like it here. We want to go back, be closer <laughs> to family. And part of that, it's going to help us get out of debt. We're going to rent for a year or two, start saving up, and get into a house with some wisdom and patience. Yeah. That sounds yeah, good to me. It sounds right to me, too. Gives me some peace just talking that through. Yeah. And I know my wife's listening, so I, I hope she uh, found some peace in that. Uh, and another, another thing, because you both want to, right, Jackson? Like y'all want out. We do, yeah. We, and it's a yeah. great place down here. There's sure. a lot of land. There's 50 Were you super happy in Nebraska? Because I feel like there's a reason you left there to begin with. Beyond just there's a great house in Kansas. Um. Honestly, if I think back, uh, we were pretty happy. We were, we were in a little apartment. Uh, I think we just wanted to get into a bigger space. The apartment was like well, you're going. You're probably going back to an apartment in Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just yeah, saying, right. I don't know that you're going to be in a much better spot other than being debt-free. So I just want to make sure that we get to the root of the problem because you go with Which you. is great because I think, too, though, part of the discontentment is like we want something bigger. And then when you get something bigger and not doing it well financially, you're like, oh, wow, maybe it was better back yeah, in a smaller we, place we, actually in control of our money so it's kind of almost like you learned your lesson which is great it was not a fatal move you guys are not like on the brink of bankruptcy or foreclosure so you're good you're in a good spot um but so yeah i mean i think a lot of the decisions in life it's agreeing with your spouse is huge financially doesn't make sense do we just want to our desire do we want to do this and when all those things kind of check off uh the boxes it feels like a right move and i feel like we just kind of checked all those off in this call jackson so yeah. To me, I think it would be worth it. And I think it's an exciting place for you guys because you're going to be debt-free. You're actually going to have about $9,000 in the bank saved that you guys can work for an emergency. You know, that can be your emergency fund. You guys are going to start these new habits with money. You're going to build up a down payment because I know you want to own a home again uh, one day in, in Nebraska and, and you're going to be able to. Uh, here in a few years doing it the right way it's just going to be a different experience you could just chalk this up to a learning experience and it might be a wash after yeah. you pay your capital gains taxes on the profit so make sure yeah. you do the oh, math on true. that hold the money back but at least you'll leave this thing completely debt free and back to the place that you want to be closer to family so I yep. call that an overall win that's great Jackson and it's a great it's a it's so it's so interesting because I think in life and we all do this but you have this thing of, oh, gosh, you know, like... If we just... If we did that, like, we want a bigger place. So it all made sense, the motivation. But when things don't line up well, specifically with money, we'll look through just that lens right now, that it's not a smart move financially. It takes the whole exciting experience and puts a lot of weight on it. Mm. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, oh, God, that was not good. Well, and often, now our life is shrunk down because we have no margin. Yeah. And now it's more stressful than ever, and it's just not worth it. Stuff the, the is not worth it. The antidote to discontentment is contentment. But often we go, the antidote is, we just need that house. We need that car. Yes. We need this kind of life. If I can just do that. Yep. I know. It's, it's never depressing. the answer. Jackson, thanks for calling. This is The Ramsey Show.
Our scripture of the day comes from 2 Chronicles 15, 7. But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. The difference between winning and losing is most, of, is most often not quitting from Walt Disney. Thanks for putting a Disney quote in there for Rachel me, guys. Rachel loves Disney. I do enjoy Disney. Future episode of Smart Money Happy Hour, by the way. We just recorded <laughs> yesterday. We both have very different thoughts about Disney and Disney adults. And Disney World. And, and Disney can the World. middle class still make it to Disney World? Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of opinions out there. It was so therapeutic we, for me, Rachel. We break I it up. Shared, really? I shared my Disney trauma. George I had a traumatic childhood experience. I felt like Dr. John Deloney on the show for a hot second and I thought I feel like I need to like walk him through this process of yeah. grief and like I don't I don't know what's happening. A lot of stages. There was a lot, a lot. And that'll be a future episode of, yeah. of Smart Money Happy Hour, our Which, new podcast. This is a great time to remind people, if you haven't checked it out yet, just released yesterday, first two episodes, and it's great because you can listen over the weekend. It's easy yeah. listening, very casual. They're about 30 minutes apiece, and it's at number one in business, number 32 overall. So thank you all for listening, subscribing, sending us feedback, posting about it, telling your friends. It's a great casual money conversation. Yes, all that helps. Yes, it helps our egos. Seeing number one, it's very nice. But Rachel, also, you're used it to helps. That. But you also, know, no, no, I'm not. Always number one. But when you when you get these kind of charts, even if you like for a book, right? When you sure. hit a bestseller list, all of it. Obviously, yes, it feels great as the author or the podcast host to see that. But also, the most important is it gets it in front of other people. Yes. Other people that never would have known can click on it, and we want to sneak them into when this whole the thing that we're doing to help them to say, hey. Hey, plug into Ramsey Solutions because then eventually, hopefully, they go through Financial Peace University. They use every dollar. They read Dr. John Deloney's stuff and helps with their anxiety. You just because our mission is to help people give them hope. in every area of life and give them hope. And so, uh, it's just a great it's a great way for people that normally wouldn't have noticed us yeah. to notice us. And it validates the team's effort. I mean, we are such a small part of making this podcast happen. There's like 40 people. We did oh, a toast yeah. yesterday. Yeah. The amount of people it takes to launch something. And the amount of work they've put in for months and months and months from the producers to social media to photographers and designers. We just have such a talented team. So I'm proud of them for all the work they put in to get us here. That's we had right. a very small Absolutely. part. Absolutely. Absolutely. So great. So check it out. Smart Money Happy Hour. All right. Up next, we have Heather in San Antonio. Hey, Heather. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you both uh, for taking my call today. And thanks to the, the bigger Ramsey team for bringing my family peace. Uh, my question is part career and part financial. Okay. Uh, some context. I'm 47. My husband is 52. Uh, this goes back to the, the quote from Disney about quitting. Um, it might, I may have <laughs> missed out on that. Um, we are debt-free except our mortgage. We actually became debt-free in May of 21, thanks to the Ramsey plan. Congratulations. From, thank you. We moved from California. Uh, which was very expensive, to Texas uh, to just in May of this year. And um, I have been working in education more than 20 years, but I'm not working anymore. I left a very nice salary behind, and I'm super grateful for my husband supporting me and taking, uh, and taking the time to essentially catch my breath. Financially, me not working is not hurting us, but it's not helping us either. I'm stuck. I know I could get a teaching or an administrative role easily. I did excel at my job, but I intentionally left education because I was drowning. Uh, my job left me feeling like I was spiraling. I did we lose you, Heather? I feel good. Oh, can you hear me? We just broke up. Just repeat the last seven seconds. 
So you were you were spiraling I'm, I'm, out after your, your education yeah, career. Yeah, and, and and I feel I feel guilty that I'm not using my credentials and that I'm not contributing to our financial goals. I need to have purpose besides being a great stay-at-home wife right now. And I want to start with volunteer work with our new church. Um, so I note listening to Ramsey podcasts while we were paying off our debt actually led me to Jesus Christ. It was wow. my first Oh, pastor. wow. That's, that's awesome. awesome, Heather. Love, that. Love to hear that. That's amazing. So um, now that we're settled, I feel like I'm a human again. <laughs> uh, is that enough for now? Am I being selfish by not getting a job? I'm not really retirement age. If we do end up moving again, um, we believe his job is going to move him in about two years. Will my work employment gap be a problem if I do decide to return to work? Should I be worrying about those things right now? Heather, what you guys have accomplished in the last two years financially has set you on a path where you have options now in your life. You have options. You get to decide, what do I want to do with my time? What do I want to do with uh, my credentials? What do I want to do uh, with my money? All of that, you get options now because you guys have worked to become debt-free. You don't owe anyone anything. Uh, your husband is making, um, yeah, you said a great salary. So you have options. So this is this is all up to you. And I don't think the conviction of going into a job comes out of guilt and shame. And that's what I'm hearing, that cycle play as you're talking. Um, so I don't think that you are in a spot that you're thinking in a very healthy way because no, that's not selfish. Uh, I mean, I think that we have the ability to, to help people and to serve and you've already given me two uh, options of things that you're thinking about doing in that way which is great. And even if you wanted to take two years off and just say, I'm just going to breathe and I'm going to go to lunch with some new friends that I've met in San Antonio. I'm going to build community and relationships. And I, that's okay. Like, I feel like you just need permission to know that rest and a period of time, it's okay. Now, if you're bored and you're restless and you're like, man, I want to do some things. I want to put my brain <laughs> in function into the, uh, you know, a part of my life that I know I'm good at and I want to go and work, then that's one thing. But feeling guilted because you somehow have told yourself that you're selfish, uh, I don't think is, is a wise move. No. Heather, you are enough. Period. <laughs> not if you go to work and not if you volunteer. You are enough. And now that you're a believer, you know that you were created with a purpose. And if Ken was here, he would say you're created to contribute. And that can look different. You can do that on your terms. But we're not going to do it out of shame and guilt because your husband's working or because you feel like you should be doing something outside of the home and providing for your family or using a piece of paper or using your 20 years of education experience. So you get the benefit of getting to do this all over again on your terms. And if that means working part-time and volunteering part-time, that's great. But wherever this baggage is coming from of my worth is tied up in my work, we got to drop that because we have a new <laughs> vision for what the next 30 years of your life looks like. So talk, talk it over with your husband. Do a dream date and go, what do we want to do? What do I want to do? What gifts do you see in me and talents that I could use to create impact to have that purpose that I'm longing for? Do you guys have kids, Heather? Yes, but they're grown and okay. um, college educated and debt free. So we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we that's have great. A lot of financial that's awesome. freedom right now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, when we say all that to you, Heather, how does that feel? 
it it takes the burden. You know, this is all my own self-doubt. My husband is super supportive. He looks at me and, and is like, well, there's really not that you don't have to go back to work. I don't know why you're so worried about it. I just, um, you know, I've, I've been very driven uh, since I was a young girl. And it, it feels weird to, to feel like I'm not. Yes. And it would feel weird. Doing. And it and, and I think that that's a very normal thing, especially if it's, you know, if you think if you've been working, I have a friend and she said she's been working since she was 14. She got her first job at 14 and she's worked all the way through high school, through college, through adulthood, all the way after having kids. I mean, she's literally worked since she was 14. And she took a, a break off and she just said, oh, and, and talking about this is that that is weird because that's called change and change is going to feel weird weird either whether you're a stay-at-home mom and you go back into the workforce or you're in the workforce and you come home any change in our lives it's going to feel weird so for it to just feel normal uh that that's probably not an option so the the weirdness (laughs) is very normal it doesn't make it wrong though it doesn't make it wrong so i hope that helps heather just to release you from that i think george's words were perfect you are your value comes from so much more. Now, if you want to jump in there and use your brain because you want to, that's great. But there's no pressure. You don't have to. You get options because of the work that you guys have done. Well, thanks, America, for listening. Thanks to Ben, Zach, Andrew, James, everyone in the booth, and Jenna. Holla, girl. The only two only two women here in this little studio. It's great. And thank you, America, for listening. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. Good have times. a great weekend. Hey, it's Rachel Cruz, co-host on The Ramsey Show. If you want to do your debt-free scream live on the show, visit RamseySolutions.com slash debt-free scream. We'd love for you to come to Nashville and tell Dave your story. That's RamseySolutions.com slash debt-free scream. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from The Ramsey Network, like Ramsey Call of the Day. Check out our new Ramsey Call of the Day podcast. It'll give you a quick hit of advice about life and money in under 10 minutes. Listen to the Ramsey Call of the Day wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.